Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. So, we have got in the studio live Kent Bailey and Mr. Brad Jemmett. And this is uh, this is part three, I guess, right? Part three? Of the golden age of hip-hop is what we're going to call it. Um, Kent was in first to talk about... Appropriate. <laughs> Kent was in first. <laughs> to talk about the tunes that make his skin vibrate uh, from a hip-hop perspective. And then Brad came in uh, for the second episode and talked about um, his own songs, but he also trash-talked Kent's songs. Did he ever? He really did. And so now what we've done is we have pitted them Well, against... whoa, whoa, hold on. I, I trash-talked what I believed he would have picked. Okay. Because you didn't the you, list. I wasn't right. aware of the list. So you didn't know what his list was. No, I did not. No, well, and of course, Kent, you didn't know what Brad's list was. No. Okay. Okay, so now what we're going to do, because you are both aware of each other's lists, I've got both lists up. You can both see them. We are going to go through Kent's list first, and Brad is going to comment on that, and then vice versa. Is that cool? That's cool. Can I? Can we start with a couple of things? Because I feel, yes, we can. I feel like I feel oh, a little bit Christ, like here we go. I feel a bit, a little bit like I was slandered a fair amount. I kind of feel in, like you were too in Brad's podcast unjustly. Um, and I'm trying to remember all the points that I had set out in my head of things that I felt that I need, that I needed to address during this podcast. Yeah. First is the French one. First yeah, and foremost, the, the, French, the French horn was yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> You played the French horn. Okay, the story. The story for the record. For the record, the story is, and you were right on one thing. The story is, I had no choice about the French horn. You always have a choice. Okay, no, I that? did not have a choice. So, so one, one choice. thing that I, I thought was choice. really funny about the French horn was when Brad said you faked it by just pushing well, the keys. Well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> we're gonna get to that. That's actually that's actually part of the truth. I love that. I had no choice about the French horn. I had the choice between the French horn and the clarinet. So, so you had five, a choice. Well, listen. There were five clarinet players already in the grade six band, all That's of whom were female. <laughs> My sister also played the clarinet. She's all obviously a female. So, I mean, I had a choice between that and the French horn, which were, neither of which were good choices. I took the French horn. Why, why did you why were they limited choices? to that? Yeah, why were well, they limited this, to that? This is, I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. <laughs> I think you're making this shit up. This is up. what happened. I kind of but feel it was like a bad instrument. Yeah. But the part that you were actually correct about was the part about I was not the um, what's the term for it and like the, the first fancy, chair. The, oh yeah, see this idiot here knows what the actual term for. I was not the first chair French horn, and I did a lot of faking. You did, did a lot, lot of faking. a lot of like I knew all the it. notes I were. Love that. that doesn't mean that I could actually play. That them. is so uh, funny. How I actually pass most of high school music is I think. Mostly owed to the fact that my sister was a fairly accomplished clarinet player in the band, so I got a little bit of a pass <laughs> on my lack of musical skills. Yeah. And the first chance that I could get to drop music um, in high school, which would have been grade 12, that was, it was dropped because the French horn was uh, not a good instrument. So, but I really feel like not. I need to justify the reason why the French horn existed, and it was because I didn't have a cue. I didn't have a cue. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I also <laughs> want to talk about the fact that you owe me... A minimum of seven ninety nine for half the value of the Craig Mac Flavor New Year cassette that, that we had agreed to split fifty fifty back in nineteen ninety whatever year it was, and I never saw the money for it. Was that from HMV and Fairview? <clears throat> it was, and that was actually getting into more on topic now. That that track was not on my list or on your list, um, but is one of the coolest beats in hip hop. 
over the years, I think, anyway, that backbeat to that song. There's a remix of that song, if you haven't heard it. I don't know if you've heard it. You certainly haven't heard it. I, I don't not. know if you've heard it. It's got Busta. It's got... Craig Mack. Yeah, Craig Mack. In your got, ear. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, so in you still ear. owe me... Compound interest plus inflation, you owe me a good chunk of change. <laughs> you got it. You got it. We'll see how your list goes and we'll... All right. I'll donate some cash so I, got, to the, I think there may be some other things that come to mind, but I wanted to get the French horn bit off my chest, <laughs> and I want to collect all my money that you owe me. Okay. Okay, so uh, we're going to start with Kent Bailey's list. Okay, good. All right. Good. Read it out to me, nice okay. and slow. His first song, which means his tenth song, is the Beastie Boys' No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Beastie Boys were a tough one. Very, very tough one because every a lot of people really like the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I wouldn't say that it's a terrible pick at all because it's a reasonably That's good nice pick. Of you. It's a reasonably good pick. They were one of those kind of bands that I just never attach myself to. But there were hundreds of thousands of people who did. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they were a punk band that turned into a hip hop right. band. That's that, right. That, that, it, it was. It's not your traditional. If you look at a lot of the songs between the two or less that are common, I don't think they fit into that mold. Like they're not in the mold of a. Certainly not in the mold of an NWA. They're not in the mold of a, of a maestro frat. Like I mean, they're rap, obviously, but they're. I mean, it's different. It's. I don't know how to explain it with BCs. They're a little different. They're not like a pure. They're like a pure rap group. Like there's so much going on in Beastie songs, and I understand where you're coming from. I think it's better than a, a, a reasonable pick. I think it's a I think yeah. it's a great pick. Yeah, um, but it was your tenth, so it's not your favorite. Correct. I put them in there as the not, and I think I said these exact words on my podcast, not to diminish their their value as an artist, but they were the the white the white rappers that that made them. <laughs> So it was the only white rappers that made your list? Well, they were the only white rappers that made your list. I guess you're right. But I always find one thing interesting, though, too. Like, the thing about, you know, Beastie Boys sound, they would have sent a tape to somebody or somebody would have seen them at a a club somewhere. And if you listen to their early stuff, right, like, the talent that some of these guys would have to be able to figure out that that's going to appeal to people. Because, really, it's so rough and raw and kind of... Well, but it was very Shit. it was very jokey too. Yeah, it was right? very so jokey. Was very, like if you think about Eminem versus Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys very jokey. Yeah, like, making that's my White point. Castle very different than yeah, yeah, very different exactly. than a lot of the well, than all of the other artists that are on both of our lists. Yeah, and did you guys know? Fun fact that they opened up for Madonna. Really? That's yeah, like a full tour. The crowds hated them. Maybe Madonna loved them. The way that it went was, I think Madonna loved them. The crowds hated them, and they had a really, really difficult time. They did a full tour with her, and I think it was—I want to say it was like 1984, 1985. Like who would have picked that? Put them together, right? Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, it's very strange. The Beastie Boys for me are sort of that cross between between dudes who were totally into the hip hop scene and and white dudes who were totally into the hip hop scene and dressed like they were totally into the hip hop scene, and the dudes with the the plaid flannel shirts who rode a skateboard. Yep. Um, yep. Who probably wouldn't have listened to a lot of the artists that are on our list, but who could really dig the Beastie Boys for whatever reason. I think they had. They were they were an appealing band to a lot of different demographics. Yep. Let me put it that way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a gateway for lots of people to get into hip hop for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, 
All right, so next tune, uh, Meister Fresh West. So this is the one song that you guys actually had in common. And for me, I thought that, you know, because you guys were together, you know, seven days a week when you were kids, right? You were besties. We literally were seven days mm-hmm. a week, for yeah. better or for worse. We were. So yep. the, the interesting thing for me and the kind of the, the, the whole idea behind this was to see if, well, the variance, if there was, in fact, variance between your two lists and, and what that meant and to kind of, you know, pardon the, the phrase and compare and contrast, right? But you only had one song that was in common. Yeah. And you had, I think, three artists, four artists that were in common. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was very surprised by that. So I actually yeah. thought that you would have at least three songs that were the same. And probably about five or six, maybe seven, eight artists that were the same. So really interesting. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting song. Great pick. Probably your best pick on your list. Ken? I would agree. I would agree. It's probably because Definitely I picked it. Pick like it's funny. Like to go back in time, and, and as you said, it's been thirty years together, right? Is that I can still remember those high school dances of nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. You and I hang around with each other. So so in, sorry. In one dance. Sorry, forgive me. So in your episode, and I just listened to it today. Yeah. Um, Meister Fresh Wes, for some reason, did not show up, but he sent people. Uh, was it on his behalf? Who had I don't like know these... if it was on, on his behalf, but as you remember what I'm talking yeah, about, no. it was, it, it it was, was like those red crew. jackets. Was it, called, was it called the Dope Squad or something like that? I think like it was that? the Dope Squad. <laughs> <I think laughs> it, if you watch the video for this song, there's a bunch of dudes who are all talented dancers that were dancing in this song. And I, be, I, I it was like a I red believe, jacket. Yeah, I believe it was called the Dope Squad. And they, yeah. So they showed up and he did not. Yeah, and I think that was I don't think that was an arranged thing. I think that was more the fact that as as They're about the same Brad age talked, as us. Yeah, and as Brad has talked about, I mean he went to he grew up not far at all. He went to a different high school, but we're talking matter of kilometers away from our high school. Right. So I think there was a lot of people who knew yeah. a lot of communities between the two high schools that were intermingled and where you went to high school between one and the other yep. was up to choice but okay. there was a lot of people who knew a lot of people and I think it was just a question of them showing up to one of our dances not unlike anyone else it just so happened that these guys were maestros dancers so they right. wore their jackets and oh I see okay, okay. but it, it was it was probably arguably to maybe the first Canadian hip hop song was actually good Oh, I, I think, think I about, talked about that on my... On my yeah, 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 I don't... Th- I think the best-selling Canadian hip-hop artist of all time, by far, I'm maybe, and that's me saying that, and I think I'm confident in saying that. I don't... I can't think of a song prior to that, Canadian hip-hop artist, that had any... At least in my It was Mr. Mind. Metro. Remember that? Mr. Metro? Who's yeah. that? Oh, yeah, that's awful. Sure. Uh, but any, like, uh, in terms of It was impact, so bad, Canadian hip-hop. Really? So bad. In terms of impact. impact. And that yeah. song, and as I said to Brent when, when I was doing mine, I don't think it had a lot of... I don't think he caught on south of the border, which is which is unfortunate because he's super talented and that song mm-hmm. was amazing. But that I think that song that the fact that we both had that song is testament to and at least proves that we we grew up together because <laughs> you said exactly the same thing in your in your discussion of that song as I did and you reflected back on the dances from oh, yeah. high school and how important that song was to a group of yep. kids, white, black, Asian growing up in Scarborough and this this guy was a hero and he was awesome and it reflected in 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 both of our songs and it reflects in our memories of of the dances and the importance of that song definitely the best pick on your list <laughs> and yours too vodka and tahiti treat i remember those dances but that's really that's tahiti podcast. treat i used to love that pop <laughs> Uh, okay, so that was the one song that you both had in common. Yep. So the next song it all goes downhill from here. 
It really, it really you know, it really does because your next song uh, is Slick Rick. Slick Rick's an interesting artist, and again, like I really was hoping when Kenselis came out that I would like I would have a lot of material to like hate on him, for, mm-hmm. right? Because you know that's what we do after thirty years together, <laughs> you just hate on each other. But Slick Rick is as, uh, is actually a very good and interesting selection, I think. So now, now so now, sorry, when, when you were together. Yeah, like hanging out together yep. in high school. Did you knew who Slick Rick was? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. His uh, song "Children's Story" was mm-hmm. it? That was probably my favorite yeah. of his. Yeah. And it's kind of this convoluted tale of people running from the cops and hiding in apartments in in New York. But he had this kind of he had a really interesting delivery, Slick Rick. Okay. Right. And An amazing storyteller. Amazing storyteller, English accent, which didn't really kind of come through in the songs, but it would come through on the interviews. And he had this kind of checkered past with missing an eye, and uh, I don't know if it was after his fame that he got arrested for murder or something else like yeah. that. And he was yeah. he was a very talented guy and an excellent storyteller. So, okay. Not my favorite song from Slick Rick, Slick, <laughs> but great artist. All right. Okay, so no disrespect there. Nope. All right. How about uh, MC Light? Any disrespect there? Here we go. So now, on the stages of hip-hop, yes, MC Light gets a lot of respect. Okay. Okay? I know nothing about MC Light. But of the tens of thousands of hip-hop artists, why Kent would select MC Light, Cold Rock the Party... Is absolutely beyond. You act like you've never heard this. No, I know the song, but I just like it's like I can't believe that this was on your list. I my theory is is that Kent's uh, little crush in high school looked like MC Light. Oh, really? So I think I think what's going on is he's he's being jaded yeah. by his love of 1990. <laughs> really? That he had. Interesting. That's very interesting. Nicole. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Because the song isn't like it should. It should not be in your top ten. I'm sorry, but it should not be not even close to your top ten. If you were, if you listened to my podcast, which I suspect that you might have, I, in the interest of equality, I said I was going to put one female rapper, which I did. I I defy you to, to I defy you to to name a better female rapper than MC Light. And if you say if you say Nicki Minaj or you say Iggy Azalea, I will burn this studio to the ground. <laughs> Iggy Azalea. What about Lil Kim? Uh, How about Michi Nee? Oh, God. The both of you. Stop now. Absolutely stop. No, MC Light, look, I knew this. I knew you were going to go at this one. Because um, it's because, a bad decision. Well, no, it's not a bad decision. It's, she is awesome. And the Diana Ross upside down sample on this song is phenomenal, as we talked about on my podcast. She is great, and I think her her record speaks for itself in terms of the awards that she's been given. Um, you look at any serious ranking of female rappers, and she is always, always, always in the top. You may not like her stuff necessarily, but again, I think as a female rapper, if you want to talk about what a that Queen Latifah. Side, oh, she yeah, she's a legend, but not as good a rapper. Maybe right. Foxy Brown. Maybe Foxy Brown can can. Okay. I understand why you think it's a strange pick. <laughs> strange, yes. Um, but I don't think, and I haven't heard you argue against the fact that she's talented uh, and that she has some good songs. I think that she's talented. I think her songs were reasonable, again. Okay. But, uh, again, not even top 50 okay. MC Light. Hmm. All right. I still like Little Kim over MC Light. Okay. Well, you know yeah, nothing. I don't, even, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know who Little Kim is. You know nothing. Yeah. 
I do know nothing actually about this. Okay, so I'm sure you know. It, so if we spend about three hours, I think. So I think we should do an, an all female hip hop podcast. I would definitely love to do that. Yeah. Who's that woman that spoke backwards in the chorus of her song? Who is that? Do you know who I'm talking about? It doesn't matter anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, you can talk about her in your in your three hour. Uh, if you're gonna search it, that's you know it. One. That's the one. Yes. You know that song, Missy Elliott. Yes, Missy, Elliott. Missy Elliott. That's, that's it. Missy Elliott actually features oh, on that on that song, but I don't I actually don't on really which like song? Missy Elliott on uh, on Cold Rock Party. See if you'd listen to the song, you'd know that. So I don't even think you've listened to this song and you're so, trash talking. So you have two horrendous artists on okay, one now song. Now I'm saying it's horrendous. All right, next song. <laughs> next song. All right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I can't wait till my list. You're gonna yeah, kill me. You're gonna kill me on mine. I know it. So NWA is another artist that you both had in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had different songs. So Kent, you had Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Solid tune. Solid tune, man. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, album. Okay, let's go to the next one then. So Wu Tang Clan. I was surprised oh. you did not have Wu Tang Clan on your I was list. Also Brad. surprised. Oh. So the tune was. Uh, Cash rules everything around me. Is that right? Well, cream, yeah, but you got the acronym. Well done. Hey. Well done. My podcast. Well done. done. I cheated. He actually told me what it stands for. Does does cash rule everything around you, Brent? Uh, To a degree, it does, yes. I try not to let it. Same three. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. That's good. What do you think of that pick? Uh, Again, see, I I, want to hate his list. Yeah. This one would have been probably, for me, 12. I think, and it's going to sound really goofy, this song would have made my top 10, but I've not found a version of it, which does not sound like it's coming out of a little tape box. Well, that's the way I, they produced most of their songs. I know, right? I know, but I can't crank it. Yeah, It's such a great tune, but I can't crank it. What, the production's bad? The production's bad, and it's not like remastered or Who whichever, I guess. We talked about that online, that the right? production quality was, and that's just the way it was. It was, it was raw, and it was... Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Which, which makes it authentic and amazing and all that kind of stuff, but... Was it deliberately recorded lo-fi? I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but it was definitely lo-fi. It had to have been, because they were popular at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Oh, were they not? I mean, they were popular, but... I mean, I don't know that any of these guys were signing no. multi-million dollar... I think it was done in like, someone's house. I, I have think no that, idea. Because oh, it was yeah. the... Um, what is, what's it called? 36 Chambers album, yep. whatever it was? Yeah. Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Hmm. Right? So, and it was all like about the Shaolin shadow boxing and stuff. Like, yeah. like, they really had a very strong, like, every song had this kind of sample from, like, old Bruce Lee kung fu movies. It was, like, really obscure. <laughs> it, was kind of, it was cool, but... Yeah. You but see, they, if you listen to Method Man, just put out a brand new song, which it does similar sorts of things. Like, it samples sort of weird, like, kung fu references. And it sounds like it could have been... This one's produced you know, to yeah. to modern day spec. Um, you should take a listen. It's yep. very, very good. Method Man in 2017 still producing quality songs. Really? Yeah. Good for him. I could have easily put this song on my list. What about, uh, what about Ghostface Killer? What's that guy doing? I don't know now? what he's doing, but he was, he was a genius. Really? I? Yeah. How about, is he still uh, alive? I think so. Why? You don't think he is? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I was surprised not to see Wu Tang, but you've, yeah. you've suggested. All that, right. Uh, so, what's your favorite Wu Tang tune, Jammer? 
that one right there. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. But see, what you did with your list, and I like this, you picked songs that made your skin vibrate. Yeah. Right? So you're true to the essence of the program. I appreciate that. You still like this. Oh, yeah. But it just didn't kind of make you feel that. Well, you only get 10, way. right? Exactly. You only get 10. And it's, I'm That's, sure everybody who's been in the studio with you has probably struggled with getting 10. Every single person. Right? And now in, in later episodes, I've done five. Just oh, to kind of keep it, hard. yeah, I know it's 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 hard, but um, we have to do it that way. Okay, so next tune is EPMD, Strictly Binis. <laughs> like how you Binus. pronounce that, my friend. Strictly Binis. <laughs> so, um, what does EPMD stand for again? Uh, Eric. Well, there's two: Eric Parish Making Dollars or Eric. Parish microphone doctor. I think somebody confirmed this, and it's actually making dollars. Making dollars. Because after your episode went up, there was a little bit of chat about this. So really? Yeah. Oh, actually, I would like. to No, I get a lot of feedback uh, from listeners, and, and somebody <clears throat> said it is confirmed that it is making dollars. I think it was Eric Parish actually chimed in. That would be, and Eric Parish needs to be on this podcast. He says I'm not making dollars anymore, so he needs I need to, to get yeah. involved. It's just, it's just be, EP he needs to be now. On this podcast yeah. to confirm how yeah. my top ten yeah. uh, are brilliant and yours are. They're reasonable, to quote your own words. Wow. Uh, my first experience with EPMD was with a guy by the name of Brian Lay. Do you remember that guy? I do. Brian Lay. So we're, we were in Buffalo, New York, shopping with my parents at the uh, outlet malls down there, and I picked up this tape for like five bucks. EPMD is a, a sneaky good band. Hmm. Sneaky good band. I like, band. That, def- I like yeah. that description. Like, a lot of people don't know them en masse, I would say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know who they were. Right? But uh, sneaky good. But their approach is quite different, right? They're, like you said in your episode, they're really smooth. Yeah. I like them. Good pick. All right. Probably in my top 20. I don't know if it would be like close to my top 10, but I can't carve you on that one. All right. Good. Okay. So on Kent's list, um, next is my actual, my favorite tune of both your lists. Nice. Which is uh, a nice. tribe called Quest, and the tune is called Award Tour. Love this song. Well, I like it. Well, there, the host has now said that his favorite tune was on my list, so that's worth. <laughs> Sorry, least. no well, bias there. Well, this is another band that appeared on my list as well, too. Yes. Right? Um, and Tribe Called Quest, which I, I said before, and I'm not going to belabor the point here for the, the uh, listeners again as well, too, but like one of those bands that a lot of people really like, but yeah. I think I, I'm even finding more time. As time goes on, people appreciate them more. They're right. the hip-hop band that non-hip-hop fans yes. love. Yep. And I don't even know... Oh, I do know why, because they're amazing, but I don't know why that band has such appeal to people who don't otherwise listen to hip-hop. Yeah. I think it's because it's more palatable or digestible because it's it's um, easier in terms of the... You know, I don't know how to describe this. They they incorporate it's not it's not linear rapper hip hop. They incorporate things like flute lines and do you know what I mean? Like they make it more interesting. Like it just seems more broad because their their instrumentation is more broad and they're very imaginative and, and it, it, it appeals to a wider audience, I think. One thing with tribe as well too is that a lot of hip hop like if you're playing it at a party, they're like it's all about you know, like there's some really aggressive topics. Tribe yeah. Call Quest was very went to Carvel to get an ice cream, right? Like it was it was fun, <laughs> like it was you know, that there were some political messages in there and there was some a bit, yeah. but a lot of it was just smooth rapping, yeah. as you said, you know, kind of jazzy instrumentals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it really appeals 
as you said, to very, very wide demographics. And, yeah. you know, award tour, not my favorite, but for sure in the top 10 of, of tribe songs, but mm. top 10 of tribe songs is hard because there's so many good ones. There is. So what's your favorite one? The tribe. Uh, well, I think I had, can I kick it was the one that, that did. made my skin vibrate. Yep. My favorite over time would probably be scenario, which oh, is the compilation. Like it just phenomenal song. It's, um, I don't know, just, it could have very well been there as well too, but I put, I put, can I kick it? Because it was like the first time I experienced tribe. Yeah. And it's I was like, experience. wow. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to go wrong it's with them. Hard. It's, you know, a stupid term that just came to mind, like easy listening, yeah. easy listening hip hop, where yeah. it's smooth, it's melodic. It's, it's not offensive. Like a lot of the other rappers were at the time. Yeah. It's something you can put on and not like be looking over your shoulder going, who else is listening? Like, yeah. Yeah. Know, should I be embarrassed that I'm listening to? I, I, I think that tribe was just a lot more accessible. Yes. Right. Very, very well yeah. said. Yeah. For skateboarders, for anybody. And yeah. when I say, should I be embarrassed? I'm not saying you should be embarrassed to listen to hip hop, but compared to other, other, you know, rappers of that era, two life crew comes to mind or NWA yeah. comes to mind where it's a little offensive to, yeah. to, you know, so that's what I, that's what I mean. Just to clarify what I mean. By yeah. That. Yeah. I agree. So one thing I would love to know about tribe, I would love to know the perspective of like a Dre or a Snoop or like the, you know, hardcore hip hop guys, how did they perceive the tribe? Right? Were they kind of novelty and soft and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff? Or Interesting did they gain respect with those guys as well too? Well, yeah. when Drake did they comes have credibility? The, uh, when Dre comes on the podcast, Brent. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to ask that question. Oh, I certainly will. I'll ask him that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I would think that they would have established credibility with, with everybody in the community. I think so. I would like I to would. think so. Yeah. I, exactly. So that's a better way of saying yeah. it, Brad. Like I, I would like to think so because in a perfect world, uh, the instrumentation and the musicality overall yeah. should have established credibility for them, I think. It would be interesting to know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so two tunes left on, uh, on Bailey's list here. The next, the next song, rather, is uh, Naz Halftime. Nas. Nas. Is it Nas? Nas. Is it like Nasim Kadri? Very, yeah. Same? Yeah. All right. What did you call him? Like Nasty Nas or whatever? That was, yeah. <laughs> that was his All right. Nas. unshortened name. Nas it is. Halftime. What do you think? Yeah. I think real hip-hop heads, and I give, I give Kent credit here, and I, and I never want to ever publicly give him credit, but I'll have to give you credit here. I think true hip-hop heads... Understand the importance of Nas, mm. you know, to the whole scene, to the whole um, movement that was happening. As opposed to Tribe Called Quest, that I would question what the hardcore guys think about them. Mm -hmm. Nas, I believe, if you sat in a room with these guys, they would say absolutely one hundred percent. This guy is an influencer to many, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you know. Excellent pick. I was a little bit bummed that I didn't put one on my list. And again, if it was the if it was you know top fifteen, I think a Nas tune would be there for sure. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Would it have been this tune? Yeah. Halftime? Yeah. Or if I ruled the world? If I ruled the world is probably you know the one that most people would know. Yeah. Right. But um, it's a good pick as well too. Thank you. You did some okay. studying. Thirty, obviously in 30 like... years, that's some of the most intelligent stuff <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard you string together. <laughs> wow. There you go. Thirty-second yeah. period. That's what it takes. So you guys like are we being nicey, closer? nicey? No, what? You're too nicey, yeah, nicey. I know. Yeah. Well, you wait. You wait till I hear. I got to hear. It's gonna get real soon. Wow, it's getting a little romantic there for a second. Okay, so the last tune 
on uh, Bailey's list. So, and this would be your favorite, is that correct? This is correct. This is your number one okay. tune. So, this is Public Enemy, Welcome to the Terror Dome. I could see Brad's face. He's making a, like, whatever face right now. No, that's not a whatever face. It's just, like, Public Enemy. Like, you can't go wrong. Except for 911 is a joke. And they probably want to take... I'm really glad. With the enthusiasm that you you went against that song, I'm really glad that for some strange reason that made... That did not make my list. Well, of course, you know. Like, like that was... That was a mistake. Flavor Flav took over the, I don't know, writing on that one. I think Chuck D passed out. And Flavor Flav came into like the you know, lyrics laboratory and kind of wrote some stuff down. And Chuck D wakes up from this you know dream. He's like, "All right, I guess we'll do this song," because nine one one is a joke is terrible. Well, the, yeah, the name of the song, song is is, it's is relevant. But so, what is the song about, really? Nine one one is a call, joke. You call nine one one and no one shows up. Is that if you're, if you're living in a poor black yeah. oh. community? Okay. So what do you think Chuck D's mindset for this whole thing was? Did he just watch this unfold and say, okay, I'm just going to give this to Flavor Flav and he can kind of run with it? Did he approve of it, do you think? Was he like, fuck's sakes? Well, yeah. I mean, it's on the so album. So Kent's song is, is totally different. 911 is a joke isn't on that album, though. It's no. later. No, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Right? But it made an album, but when he <laughs> yeah. was asking whether, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The public Enemy, as, as I said before, Chuck D was a wizard, smart guy, uh, had some excellent messages, but really kind of pulled back that curtain to me, at least, if you think of the kind of skateboarding days. Yeah. They were very popular with the skateboarders early, early on. Every every generation has their kind of rebellious voice, and Chuck D was the one for that group back Absolutely. then. Absolutely. Well, he always, really... he always struck me as a very informed, like he was yeah. very impassioned, but he yeah. was very informed. You know, it wasn't just rebelling for the sake of rebellion. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Green Day. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's a whole so, different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yes. So well done with the public enemy. So overall, your list was good. Thank you. Well, good's better than... Yeah. What would you say? Reasonable. Good's better well, than reasonable. Well, you started kind of in a reasonable scope, but you got smarter towards the end of your list. So that's all right. I can't believe I forgot the name of the uh, album that this was on. So it's good for you for correcting me. All right, so now we're going to flip the tables and uh, have a look at Brad's list, but we're going to do that uh, next week in the finale of uh, this wonderful little exercise that we've conducted here called the Golden Age of Hip Hop with Mr. Kent Bailey and Mr. Brad Jemmett. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen, and until next week, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.